Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Frio with you on WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. You are listening to Let's Talk, our half hour where we sit down and chat with various businesses, organizations, and nonprofits in the Butler area. Today, our guest is our monthly sit-down with Family Pathways, and we are joined by Madison Master and Lauren Evans, who are inside the studio. Ladies, nice to have you here, and welcome to the program. Thank you. So as we get into the conversation about Family Pathways and what your guys' role with the organization is, we'll detail that all coming up here in just a moment. But first, Madison, if you don't mind, just kind of giving us a brief rundown of exactly where Family Pathways is and some of the services that they provide. Yeah, so we are located in Butler, PA. We work with um, families and children that are in foster care. So we specialize in, we do permanency services and we also do foster care and adoption as well. So the building itself is located where in Butler? It's 100 Brew Avenue. It's not in the main streets of Butler. It's a little farther up. Um, on a little brick road of its own. Yeah, you can see it as you go across Route 8, as you go across <laughs> yes. the bridge, a really nice addition to it. Uh, but want to get into a little bit about what you guys do, which is the Older Child Matching Initiative Recruiting. Uh, and this is a pretty interesting program, Madison. So could you explain a little bit about what this is all about? Absolutely. So me and Lauren are both OCMI recruiters. So Older Child Matching Initiative is also OCMI, which is easier to say. And what we do is we just help older youth find permanency by recruiting families or a permanent connection that will be for them with them forever. And once a month or once a youth is matched with a family or place, our role is more of a supportive role and we help um, that family and that child further the connection between each other. Lauren, how great is this need for foster families, for people to step in? You know, how many kids are you guys working with in that 10 to 21 age range? Um, currently, we have 16 kids yep. that we are allowed on our caseload at a time. There are nine of us throughout the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so that is quite a few. So the state actually dictates a number to you guys, a max number that you're allowed to have yeah. and try to make a matching and pairing for? Yeah, but then we also have um, a waiting list that goes out each month that lets us know how many kids in our area are waiting for our services to get, to start or even continue. Um and depending on what area you're in, your list could be shorter or longer. Do you know that number? I mean, is it, well, I mean, approximately? I, I know that right now we serve throughout the nine um, recruiters we serve. I think it's 131 youth currently we are serving. So these kids, it's very different. Some of them should, could already be placed with the chat or with a family. And then also as well, we have kids actively recruiting. So it varies on which kid situation still somewhat of a significant number yes though. absolutely and then even that we have a recruiter in philly that has a wait list from kids from since 2020 so it's a very long list depending on which territory where you're in and it's kind of funny you guys are inside the studio today because i don't know maybe i'm just a little bit more in tune to some of the commercials i see on tv but mm -hmm. there does really seem to be a push for teen foster home uh, you know making that match um when you're talking to interested foster families or trying to make a pitch to pair a child up with a family. What are the advantages? I mean, why should a family be interested in moving uh, and trying to take a look at this? For me, I think you don't have any dirty diapers, <laughs> personally. <laughs> I think a lot of people get um, scared to adopt older youth because they have that trauma and even teenagers in general are just hard because they have the attitudes and everything like that. But these kids, 
they still get to experience their first first driving lessons, like or getting their driver's license, doing first homecoming or all of those normal activities that seem very small to us, but in their eyes, it's like their first time doing it, everything. And I think people don't realize that you could give an opportunity to them mm -hmm. that they may never experience. And I think it's a lot easier dealing with kids that just run around and do whatever and can be up to mischievous things. But teenagers, I mean, they're just, they just want to go to school, do activities and just someone to be their cheerleader on the sidelines. Yeah. Lauren, who are these kids? You know, when you, I know I'm sure they're very diverse and I'm sure they come from a big uh, background, but you know, who are the children that you're typically working with? Well, just like Madison and I, or you and I, they're each unique in their own way. So to, we have kids that come from Erie, Philly, Pittsburgh, even areas like Clearfield County, which is a smaller mm. little countryside. Um, so it's just kind of getting to know the kid, figure out what they like and everything else. And a lot of the kids, I can't speak for Madison, but I know a lot of my kids, when I go and meet with them, they're just mainly looking for someone there to support them. Mm -hmm. And they don't really care where the area is. A lot of them actually want to get away from that suburb roots mm. that a lot I've seen a lot of them have. Mm. And Madison, for you, when you're talking with these kids, I, I mean, who are, again, for, for you and working with them, what's your perspective on them? I just think they're just wanting someone to just listen. I feel like since they are in the foster care, they don't get a lot to make a lot of the decisions. Every They've been placed in multiple placements, and that's why they find it so hard to trust. I think they're just looking for a sense of community and someone to really share those common interests and a connection. I think that's all what we strive for is just a community and a connection with someone. So in your role as uh, a recruiter, uh, what's your job? What, what are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis? So what we do, we look at all avenues. We complete um, searches. So we go through um, their birth family or any possible connections and find any of that information, send out um, basically like, hi, we have a youth that may be affiliated with you. Like, would you like to create, we call it a permanency pack. So it's a checklist of things that you as a um, supportive figure can check off. Like if you know budgeting, could you help a child with budgeting? Or do you know how to fix a computer? Do you, some children want to go to college and they've never filled out a FAFSA or anything like that. And it's, I think some of us take it for granted that these kids just don't know how, and they need someone to guide them through that. Mm -hmm. And for you, Lauren, about the same thing. Yeah, it's about the same. Um, a lot of my kids do actually have goals of going on to continuing their education with a college program or even a trade school. And it's kind of crazy. The questions that they ask you <laughs> in regards to it, like, Oh, what is like college life like? And, like I tell them, everything, everybody takes it differently. And honestly, it is a great opportunity because you can broaden your education and open yeah. up different doors that you wouldn't normally have. I'd imagine this is very re rewarding work for you guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. To try to see somebody make that step and, and continue on with their mm -hmm. life. Again, Madison Master, Lauren Evans, our guest from Family Pathways. So when you're talking with these uh, foster families, what are some of the things that they need to know uh, about the process so you know in terms of paperwork and everything like that absolutely it's a it can be a long process I think you have to go in with an open mind and I believe the child needs to be placed in their home for about six months 
minimum, I believe. I'm not completely sure about the exact, but definitely it's going to take time. And obviously it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows and you're going to have people, social workers in and out of your home. You're going to have to go to meetings and all of that and go to court and advocate for these children. And it does take quite a bit of work, but at the end of the day, you're getting a forever child in your home. So I think that's always rewarding. When you're looking at, um, you know, these children, so again, we're 10 to 21, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. I mean, you're talking a wide range as going back to, you know, what we talked about earlier. I mean, you could, a 17-year-old and 10-year-old, quite different. So families do have a lot of options when it comes to a child that they do want to bring in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So again, our guests, Madison Master and Lauren Evans from Family Pathways. Uh, OCMI, as you mentioned, Madison, offered uh, across the state, but only nine recruiters uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. Yes, we are working on getting a 10th one in the Philly area because they do have such a long waiting list. But um, Lauren takes care of the Northwestern Territory, so Erie counties and all the surrounding counties up there. I'm more Butler County and all the way, I think I go to Clearfield and Center County as well. But so we're in the middle. Of Western PA. Is this something that you would say, you know, and I'm sure it's a personal belief, but is this something that, you know, us as citizens and, and people who run things need to be a little more aware of that there's a big need here whenever it comes to having services for older children in, in foster care? Absolutely. I think always foster care, people more look towards the babies and everything like that, but, and not shun away, but they don't really look at teenagers because they feel like they already have their life ahead of them and there's no need because the younger kids need them but eventually those kids grow up and they're going to be in that placement forever and they're just looking for a connection and a community overall what brought you into this line of work uh what led you here (laughs) well i was supposed to be a special education teacher early childhood i was going for that and then i felt i started learning more about diversity and children in care and just all that i feel like my heart and soul needed I needed to do something I need to have a purpose I understand teaching is always hard and it does give a purpose but I just felt like there was more of me to give and I wanted to make a difference and if I could change someone's life for the better I think that's why I chose to how about for you Lauren um so I actually went to school for social work uh I started out right out of college working in placement facilities as a counselor it wasn't very fulfilling because I wasn't helping the kids in the way that I wanted to. Um, I took a break from it and then found the job with Family Pathways. When I came in for the interview, I told them this is exactly what I want to do. Like I want to <laughs> be able to help these kids. I want to be able to provide them with the services or get them set up with the services that they need to live what some people would call a normal adult life. Mm-hmm. And so I've just... I've been with them for about three months now, and it's been extremely rewarding for me. And just being able to see my kids and make a connection with them so fast has been really rewarding as well. So how often uh, do you guys meet with the kids? We meet with them about once a month. Okay. Yeah. And during that time, what are you guys doing with them? Um, Because I'm sure trying to get to learn who these kids are Mm -hmm. is, is one of the big aspects of the job. So what do you do with the kids during that time? Honestly, I think a big part is just building rapport. A lot of kids, in, uh, teenagers especially, have not a lot of trust in adults. So I think right establishing trust and um, community once again and just getting spending one-on-one time. And I think what's great about our job is we kind of are youth-focused and not really anyone else. Like we want their voice to be heard rather than us telling them what to do. They're kind of leading us to where we need to go. So it's about just finding out what they like to do and 
their hobbies and what they're passionate about, what goals they have. And eventually with all that information, we're able to recruit for them. So we're able to tell a family what they like, what they don't like, their characteristics, what they would want in a home or what they don't. So I think it's just sitting down with them. I know they just really like to talk. I mean, I bet every day they have so many workers coming in trying to talk to them about stuff that they don't really care about. But it's just nice to giving them that power back of just how they want to lead, how the session goes. How about for you, Lauren? What are you doing with kids on uh, these days that you meet with them? Um, Really similar to what Madison does and said. A lot of times I've noticed that with some of my kids, when I come to see them, they just want to sit down and they want to just let out frustrations about what's going on or what's bothering them. And it makes you feel good to know that that is someone that you're someone that these kids can trust. Um, yeah. where, where are these kids at right now? You know, what can you describe what their life is right now as opposed to what a life is like if they were to be matched up with a family? A lot of them are in placement facilities, and it's just I can't even describe some of it. It just makes you so sad of all the things. It's basically, I think of it not as like jail, but basically they're woken up at a certain time. They go to school at a certain time. They're told when to have a break, when to not have a break. It's a lot of these placement facilities and a lot of them, there's not a lot left. So it, it kind of, they discharge from a facility, then they go right into another one. So it's always what they are dictated like what Could they, they be came. moving school districts a lot i mean does exactly, that happen yeah. a lot of them too they do cyber school but and it's just very quickly the process if they change then the school changes and then they have to make new friends and then it all the process starts over and over again and, and generally speaking have these kids you know in that 10 to 21 age range has this been their life I mean, since uh, since a very young age, this is kind of what they, they've been dealing with. Yeah, I worked with a kid that we he's just got placed in a home recently, but he was in care since he was eight, and he was at the same facility since he was or t- until he was fourteen. So it was the same exact thing every day for the past four years until we were able to find him a connection. How important is it to make sure that that relationship works between the child and the family? You know, as you guys meet with these kids, talk with these kids, and trying to make sure you pair them up with the right right people, how important is that for you guys to try to make sure that relationship works? I feel as though it is extremely important. Um, Being someone, like I said, who just started with the job, you come to figure out through doing the family interviews when we do make a connection with the family before we introduce them to the uh, child, you come to figure out and get kind of an idea of what you feel with them. And once you know your kids, you can realize and say, hey, like, I don't think this is a very good fit for the kid. Um, Or even still, you can introduce the idea of the family to them and see what they say. And that's one of the things that honestly gives gives those children a sense of empowerment is still making the decision to choose whether or not they want to be a part of the family that might be interested. How often uh, do matches happen? Um, you know, so let's say a given year, you know, you talked about that 16 kids on the on the waiting or on the list that you guys are taking care of. How often are you matching um, kids with families? Yeah, so we have a tracker in sense. So if we, through the out the nine recruiters, it's if we have a match, we tally or not tally, but we keep count of whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think we're within the year, we're supposed to reach around 44 matches per, per year. And then after you match a child, then you work on finalization of that adoption and we stay with the child. Other workers, like permanency workers, they do only 
go up to the matching point and then they fall off, but then we carry on through mm. as if there was a disruption and something happened, it just wasn't a good fit. Then that child would go back would go back to our caseload and then we would continue. So that kid never falls off unless they are withdrawn or they are adopted. Is that typical? Yes, uh, okay. that usually works, yeah. Unless they transfer, like I said, the facilities, if there's not, they've been through all the ones or they don't qualify for any of the facilities on our side of the state, then they would be transferred to another recruiter on the other side. So they're always in our services no matter what. Again, we're here with Madison Master, Lauren Evans of Family Pathways, talking about the Older Child Matching Initiative. They're both recruiters for that initiative. Um, when it comes to working with these kids and finally getting that match, Lauren, and seeing them you know, get paired with the family, how rewarding is it for you uh, to see what that child is experiencing in that home? Um, it's honestly pretty rewarding. Uh, when I first st started, so within my first couple weeks, I actually did make a match for one of my kids. Mm. So, like, going along the journey with him and being able to see him connect with the family and just enjoy not only seeing how the family interacts, but him as well, it's, it's great. It makes you so happy. And being able to even talk to different individuals and see what they're interested in and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. And, and Madison, is it about the same for you to see what that kid? Because, like you said, you're you're along for the process. You don't mm -hmm. just match and leave. Yeah. So, what's it like for you to see the kids and the families interact? It's honestly, it you know, sometimes you just want to cry about it. It just <laughs> makes you feel so good. My one youth, like I said before, he was in the same facility for four years. All of his siblings were adopted out that were younger than him. He didn't have any behavioral issues. Just as, it was just really hard for him to find a home because it is hard to find um, a resource for these kids. And you, this family would come out. They were from, I think, Westchester County all the way by oh. the Philly area. So they would drive to th his track meets only for two hours. And obviously he's doing these track meets. And it's just having that cheerleader, that person. And I know that child was just so... Hope, hopeless. He didn't think, what's the point? What's the point of being good if no one's coming to mm -hmm. be next to me? And eventually his, everyone would say his, he was just so happy and he like wants to participate and he's very active in his communication and everything like that. So it's just rewarding to see like an up, uh, not beat side of someone else that you didn't see before because they were down in the dumps or didn't think it was a chance for it to happen, but have that opportunity for them, their personality to really shine and for them to achieve that happiness. I think it's really unique from both of your perspectives that, you know, because uh, I was blessed with a good upbringing, mm -hmm. good parents and things like that. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are like that and it's hard to fathom what life would be without that support mm -hmm. system, without those. So you've seen it. And that makes to me, uh, you know, a mission like this so much more crucial mm -hmm. is because there are kids out there growing up without those support systems and typical things that maybe you and I took for granted mm -hmm. that these kids just don't simply have. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty crazy thing to actually wrap your mind around. Absolutely. I grew up in a normal upbringing as well. And then you just think of all the kids in the world, just without that upbringing, you just think you're taking everything for granted of just having a mom and dad and all the other dynamics as well. But 
it's just so rewarding to see these kids just feel that sense of um, connection. So you mentioned the family was from Westchester and they mm-hmm. would come uh, and, and watch this child participate mm-hmm. in activities and things like that. Is there a limit on where these families can be from and where these kids can be from? Or is it uh, across the whole state? How does that work? So it just depends on the youth. If they're not, they don't want to be out of the state, but we accept families if they're account, if the county, the county that the youth resides in allows it. I'll ex- we'll, we'll look at Florida. We'll look really? at Utah. We have so many families. They're on um, the Adopt U.S. Kids as well, of a lot of our youth that are in care. But many families from different, a lot of Maryland, New Jersey, New York, all over the U.S. Hmm. can basically be a foster or a resource parent for these kids. So let's talk about that process. I know we talked about it a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Again, our guest, Madison Master, Lauren Evans from Family Pathways. So let's say family is interested, Lauren. Where do they begin that process? What's the best way to kind of start some fact-finding here? So a lot of families either can contact Madison or myself or um, the case for the county caseworker. We also work with individuals who are considered CSR workers they work specifically with the child and making sure like getting matches and stuff for the child um basically set up interviews and stuff and still kind of do similar things to what madison and i do they just have a lot more paperwork (laughs) um but they go they can contact one of us if they contact us then we can forward the information to the caseworker um and family interview set up conducted and then if everyone is in agreement with it and they feel as though the family would be a good match we present it to the child mm. and the child makes the decision so what is the contact number for you guys um so we are with uh, family pathways and we usually go through our main office so it's 724-284-9440 and is there a website where people can learn more at Absolutely. So if you want to look at any of our children, we are on um, Adopt PA Kids. You can just search it into Google. So you can actually check to see what kids are. We do professional photos of our kids. They've been on KDKA tapings. I think if you search uh, Waiting Child and Segment, it'll be on the KDKA website. And I've done two um, KDKA tapings, news tapings. So it's the Waiting Child segment, basically the same what we're doing. I'm interviewed on there. The child gets a great day for them to do whatever they want. So if they like doing video games, they may go to Dave and Buster's. So it's a lot of like the kid gets to experience a fun day and then they also get to advocate for themselves and we advocate for them as well throughout that as too. So you're a media expert then. Uh, You've done big time (laughs) television. (laughs) I guess so maybe, but yeah, it's, definitely something to get used to but i'm sure it's cool for the kids to get that experience because from what the stories that you've told me it doesn't seem like again experiences Mm -hmm. of dad taking you to a baseball game or mom taking you shopping those are things that just don't happen for these kids so again that website is what it is adoptpakids.org i believe and then there's also if you want to do adopt us kids that's throughout the obviously the nation so you start this process and we don't have to get into the Mm nitty-gritty of all the legal stuff and things like that is there any minimum requirements for a family is there you know things that people should probably know whether or not they're eligible to be a, a placement family absolutely so with being or wanting to have a child that is in foster care you do have to be a certified family um to do that you would just I would recommend calling, and you can even call Family Pathways as we're doing placement as well with foster care, but just being a certified family, they just come, basically check out your house, make sure it's a 
appropriate house for a child to live in and stuff. But any family dynamic that we don't shun away from anything like that. We've had two moms, two dads, a mom and a dad, single parents, anyone that you could think of could be a foster parent, but you, they just need to be certified first. And then before we let the kid just, we don't want to need someone that wouldn't be the best fit or would no, put a child that's unsafe for them. And like you said, Lauren, these kids get to make that decision. This isn't a forced placement by any means, right? They get to determine whether or not it's a good fit for them. Yeah, that's correct. We, like I said, we interview the family, we sit down, we talk, and if we think it's a good match, then we present it to the child. We go over everything that we learned about the family with the child, and then ultimately it's their decision to say yes or no. They want to go through with it. So I know Madison told us a story. Is there one particular story for you that sticks out in the three months that you've been doing this as something that you were like, wow, this is really worthwhile for me? Um, Honestly, yeah, my first ever family interview that I conducted for one of my kids, they were, oh, there was two different ones on the same day. They were both nice families. We presented all the information to the youth at the next time we met them, myself and his CSR worker. He was like, I want this family. I know this family. I've met them before and I absolutely love them. And then they went through, arranged all the meetings and stuff, and just being able to see him the next month and talk to him about the meetings and how he's been doing with them. He was so excited, and he's like, I can't wait to go home. And it's honestly, like Madison said, it kind of brings tears to your eyes just to see Mm -hmm. how happy they are. And it's just... Well, you look at the places, again, and it's not a knock on the places they're coming from. It's just Mm -hmm. the reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, for these kids to have a room, to have Mm -hmm. a backyard, to have somebody that's around, I, you know, again, can't imagine how big of a change and how happy this could make a lot of the kids. Absolutely. So, again, our guests, Madison Master, Lauren Evans from Family Pathways, as our time is wrapping up, uh, Madison, one more time, if you want to give just the information out for uh, Mm -hmm. where people can learn more, how they need to contact you, and things like that. Absolutely. So, me and Lauren are from Family Pathways. You can contact us at 724-284-9440. You can, if you would like to, or interested in any of the kids in care, you can look at um, adoptpakids.org, and then some information they'll have the contact number on there so they can just email or call whoever is the contact um, worker one thing too uh, i'd like to throw in there what's it been like for you guys to work for family pathways so what can you say about the organization uh, and what life is like working there um it's a big community we all lean on each other i know our jobs can be especially difficult working with children in care and a lot of stories that make you want to crawl under a table sometimes but i think it's great that we lean on each other and you know, get able to vent about what's going on with your day. And really those are the only people that get what's mm-hmm. happening and you can rely on each other be like, I know where you're coming from because this happened to me. So it's a very good sense of um, just a community of all of us together and not, we're experiencing secondhand trauma basically and just be able to relate to what someone other is something that I really cherish. How about for you, Lauren? Um, I definitely agree with everything Madison said. Having that little bit of experience from working in with child, like actually in the child placement facilities and then going to Family Pathways, the atmosphere is just so much more welcoming. Mm -hmm. It's a team. And no matter what we need to talk about, whether it be just to get something off of our shoulders or just toss ideas off of one another, they're there for us. Anybody in the office is there for you. And it's really easy to go up and talk to whoever. 
Lauren Evans, Madison Master. Ladies, thanks for coming down. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. If you missed any of our program, as always, you can check it out online, WISR680.com. I'm Tyler Friel, saying so long for now.